When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Still thank you notes we haven't written. And then we've been, my wife and I have been married 19 years. <laughs> <laughs> With Chris Canty, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons in for Chris Carlin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. This is Canty and Carlin. And we saw Houston. Go to OT with Kansas City. We saw the Cowboys give up the honey in Jacksonville. We saw an historic comeback for the ages in a wild weekend around the National Football League. Canty, good to be with you again, my friend. I hope you had a great weekend because the NFL sure as hell did. And it was a wild one, to say the least. We have a very simple explanation as to why we saw so much insanity going back to Saturday. But first, let's begin with some of the comebacks, uh, Chris. Because some of these were absolutely remarkable. Your number one comeback was which one from the NFL weekend? Oh, well, we've got to go with the Cincinnati Bengals having that comeback down in Tampa, right? That was incredible. It was unbelievable that the Bucks would gift wrap four consecutive turnovers to the Cincinnati Bengals, one of the hottest teams in all of football, in order to complete that comeback from being down 17 late in that second quarter. So that, that to me, was the biggest surprise. Ian, I know it's the holiday season. People are getting ready for Christmas and going out doing their shopping. I did not think that Tom Brady was in a mood to gift a game to Joe Burrow, seeing as how the Bucs are fighting for their playoff lives in the NFC South. I was stunned watching that game. And I actually had to go out and do a, a few honeydew items, right, going back to you writing you know, the thank you notes. By the way, I think the, the coupling the Christmas card and the thank you note is somewhat genius. Personally. I, I wish I could take credit for it. That was all the wife. <laughs> but at the same time, when I get ready to praise her for doing something like that, then I get reminded of right. how meticulous Whoop. it is when you have to handwrite every single card. Yeah. We had over 200 guests at our wedding. What? Yeah, exactly. That's no bueno. Even right, little yeah, John yeah. doesn't understand that. <laughs> hey, look, good luck to you, man. I, I mean, I'm assuming you were done, but hand cramps came into play without a doubt, as they did for Tom Brady in that particular game. Fumbling handoffs that he's made over a million times in his football life. Also, another crazy comeback. Man, I'm, I'm driving around, you know, doing the, the, a bunch of Christmas errands. First weekend home since August. And I hear Dallas is up big, 27 to 10 on Jacksonville. I like, I like the Jags plus four. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. well, that's a loss. That's done. It's over. I, I get home, turn on the TV. It's a three-point game. Next thing you know, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars coming from behind and beating Dallas 40-34. to I mean, we're going to dive into this one big time in a moment. That's one of those other crazy comebacks we saw in a wild NFL weekend. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has been absolutely on fire. I think since week 9 or week 10, the guy has the highest passer rating in the National Football League and the best touchdown-to-interception ratio to go along with the highest completion percentage. And, Ian, I I know you've covered Trevor Lawrence since he was in high school – For a lot of people that don't know, this is the dude that smashed all of Deshaun Watson's high school records in the state of Georgia. And we were questioning whether or not he would ever fulfill the promise that we had of him coming out a couple of years ago because of all the dysfunction that was around him in Jacksonville. The last month and a half, man, this dude is really starting to come around. And 
Don't look now, but the Jacksonville Jaguars could just win the AFC South, as crazy as that sounds. Only one game behind the Tennessee Titans in the loss column. They've already beaten Tennessee once, and they play the Titans at home in Week 18. I'm right there with you. The Jags are a legit threat in the AFC South. Yeah, say that again. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a legit threat to win the AFC South. Ian, let me ask you this question. When you watched the highlights of that game or you went back and rewatched that game this morning, who was the best quarterback on the field, Dak Prescott or Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. Was it even close? Uh, no. Not particularly. No. That, that's my point. Like, it wasn't even close. And the thing that go, the thing that I can't get out of my mind, because everybody wants to point to some of the game management issues from Mike McCarthy, or people want to point to Dak Prescott in the turnovers. Where was the pass rush for the Dallas Cowboys on Trevor Lawrence? It's not even just a pass rush. I mean, look, when you're picking up guys off the street to play corner for you that were cut by, like, the Arizona Cardinals and the Raiders, you got problems on the back end as well. Yeah. You know, so let's go ahead and jump into this, and then we'll explain some of the insanity uh, that happened over the NFL weekend because it can be explained, you know, because of one big, really big dude in a red suit. Well, And we'll explain that coming up <laughs> in about 10 minutes. But – Let's just go ahead and dive right into what happened with the Dallas Cowboys and who's to blame because I don't. A lot of people are throwing this straight on Dak Prescott's shoulders and his right arm and uh, that muscle between his ears, and I disagree. Mm. I think this was a, a total team meltdown, not just Dak. Dak's got ten ints since he came back from that injury. Right, mm-hmm. three of those are tip passes. One was a drop by Noah Brown yesterday. Okay, catch the damn football. I mean, that's number one. Kellen Moore, on third and 10, what are you doing calling a a go route up the left boundary on third down when Jacksonville still has a timeout left? Make them burn that timeout. So part of it's on the coaching staff. And then Mm -hmm. you mentioned the pass rush and the back end of that defense. I mean, that defense, their, their secondary is decimated with injuries. So you can go defense, coaching, and the offense. That was not just on Dak, in my opinion. I'm fascinated to see if you agree or disagree. I thought that was a total team loss by the Cowboys and also give a ton of credit to a red-hot Jacksonville Jaguar team for taking advantage of those mistakes and making them pay for it. Well, here's what I'll say about the defense. The pass rush was non-existent for the Cowboys in that game yesterday. They only had four quarterback hits and one quarterback sack. As a matter of fact, Ian, over the last two games, because they played the Texans a week ago and they scared the life out of the Cowboys, Cowboys were able to escape with a 98-yard drive for a touchdown. But if you go over those last two games, on 72 dropbacks, the Dallas Cowboys' defensive front has only had one sack. One. Yeah. That's not acceptable, especially when you have a 17-point lead on the road. The strength of the Dallas Cowboys was supposed to be this defense in their pass rush win rate. And that was non-existent yesterday going up against an average, at best, Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line. Now, I'll give credit where credit is due. Trevor Lawrence did a great job being able to extend the plays. His pocket awareness is something that's beginning to improve, as we're seeing. He steps up. He slides out of the pocket. He knows when it's time to hang in there. He knows when he has to get out of there. So that's a part of the development and the maturity of the young quarterback. But as a defense, you've got to do better in terms of putting him under duress so he makes some of those consequential mistakes that can help propel you to a, t- to a road win, especially when you have an opportunity to fight for a playoff berth. So that, that to me was a little bit of a surprise. I will, I will give credit to J. Ron Curse. He did force that fumble on the Trevor Lawrence scramble on the second-to-last drive the Jags had. But that's where complimentary football comes into play, In 
when your defense comes up with a big stop like that, your offense has got to be able to salt it away. And I'm sorry, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys offense deserves a lot of blame for not being able to do more with the football. Three plays that only takes up 27 seconds and you don't force the Jags to burn their last time out. Amen. That is absolutely unacceptable. It's on the head coach. It's on the offensive coordinator, but it's also on the quarterback, too. He's Chris Canty. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. In for Chris Carlin here on Chris Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, Dak Prescott, on what went wrong during that game-winning INT? Here's a quarterback of the Cowboys. In, in overtime, uh, crossing route, was throwing it low on purpose uh, and just wasn't able to, uh, to make the play and the connection between us two and obviously tips up and guy makes a great catch right there above the ground and ends the game. <laughs> Simple explanation. That's exactly what happened. And, Chris, that was a good throw. Noah Brown, catch the football. Because if, if Brown catches that ball, and, look, and, and Brown had a good day yesterday, man. He had paid her twice. Yeah, he balled. But – on that particular play, he makes that catch. Cowboys go down, kick a game-winning field goal, whatever. We are talking about a completely different you know, tone to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Instead, he does drop it. It does pop right to Jenkins. He takes it, houses it, picks six. Now it's, can Dak win the big game? And I, I think Dak, man, it sounds like you want to blame most of this on Dak. Mm. I, well, I, mean, yeah, I, I, I think putting, it's a total listen. team meltdown. I mean, it's on Dak. It's on a defensive front. It's on the secondary. And Kellen Moore on third and 10. What are you doing dialing up that particular play to go up the left boundary instead of either running the football or a simple screen to Pollard, get him in space, and if you get a first down, great. But no matter what, you've got to make Jacksonville burn that last time out. No, you're right about that. But, but here's the thing, and here's why I put it all on Dak. The last interception might not be his fault. The one with Noah Brown over that might not be There's his no fault. Might. Come on, Stacey. There's might no might. There's no might. It's, okay, a, it's, it's on It's not Brown. okay. It's not his fault. What about the first one? That's what about on the him. interception Absolutely. that he threw in the third Awful. quarter? You're Awful. up. You're up. Ian, you're up by 17 points. What are you doing? No, I'm sorry. I apologize. You're up by 10 points. You got a double digit lead in the third quarter on the road. What are you doing? Why are you forcing that ball into Dalton Schultz? You don't need to make that throw. But instead, Dak Prescott's trying to play hero ball rather than having situational awareness, being in the shadow of his own goal line. Wasn't he in the end zone when he threw the pass or just across the end line? Why are you making that particular play? That is what spurred the comeback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You give them a short field. More importantly, you give a young team that's trying to learn how to win. You give them life knowing that you are a part of the measuring stick for them moving forward. And what happens? It starts to snowball on you. Those types of things can't happen. And I get that there's plenty of blame to go around. But, Ian, everybody on the Dallas Cowboys ain't making $40 million a year. Dak Prescott is. A part of the reason you pay him that money is to find ways to win football games when everybody else is not at their best. And I'm not just talking about the other players. I'm talking about the coaching staff, the head coach, the offensive coordinator. You've got to find ways to overcome those things. Everything can't be perfect in order for you to win. Otherwise, you're not a franchise quarterback. Otherwise, you don't deserve the check that Jerry Jones gave you a couple of years ago. And that has been my problem with Dak Prescott. In what are we talking about? Seven games? Seven games, the guy's thrown ten interceptions. How is that acceptable? It's not. I would say of those ten, I think six are on him. Again, three tipped and and then the drop by Noah Brown. But still, to it's your a point, lot of, it's a that, lot of yeah, interceptions. It's still, six it's, is too it's, many. It's, 
Six it's is more too than many. anybody else over that span in the National Football League. Yeah, and, and even if you when you take away, if you want to, the, the three the three tip passes and the drop, yeah, that's still too many. Yeah, still and way he, too many. But the decision to throw it on third and ten, that one may. I mean, I'm I jumped off my couch. My wife's screaming. Dogs are running. You know, I mean, they're they're, they're going <laughs> like. I mean, it was pandemonium in the Fitzsimmons household, right? Yeah. And Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Cowboys, again, third and ten, under a minute and a half to go. And Jacksonville still has a timeout. Make them burn it. Why'd you throw it? Here's the head coach of the Cowboys. Well, they had a timeout there. So, I mean, they, you know, your decision there is, you know, offensively, you, you know, play a conservative and and uh, run the ball, take the time off, or you, know, you try to end the game. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty simple decision. You know, and when it converts, it's it's a great call. When it doesn't, it gets you get criticized for it. Anyway, look, man, if, if it converts, I'm still saying, what are you doing? Yeah, and that, that's not a cheap second guess. Your reaction to that explanation, CC? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't pass the smell test. It doesn't make sense. I I, I don't understand the all go special. I get wanting to put the game away, so I'm not going to kill him for throwing the football. But I would just say, in that situation, the head coach, the OC, and the quarterback have to be on the same page because that's an opportunity to close out a game. Maybe you go with your best play that gets the ball into your top playmaker's hands, that would be CeeDee Lamb or maybe even Tony Pollard. You figure out a way to get them the ball, and you're thinking about something at the sticks. You're not thinking about something 55 yards downfield. When looking at Thank the you. probability scales, that, that pass attempt had a 12% probability of success. 12%. That's the play you go to when you're trying to close out a team that came roaring back in the second half. That makes no sense. But, again, the issues that the Dallas Cowboys had late last season and in the wild card round against San Francisco, they continue to rear their ugly heads. If it's not the penalties, it's the turnovers. If it's not the turnovers, it's situational awareness. What have we seen from this Dallas Cowboys team this year that would make us think the results in the playoffs would be any different than what we saw last year? I haven't seen it, Ian. I haven't seen it, and I, I would question anybody that tells me that the results are going to be different because championship teams don't blow 17-point leads on the road in December. You just don't. Not when you have everything to play for. The Dallas Cowboys still had division within reach going into yesterday's game. That ship is all but sailed. And you yep. know what? All of the talking, all of the chirping that Micah Parsons has been doing, Jerry Jones has been doing, not just this week with Jalen Hurts, but the previous couple of weeks, all of the talking that they have been doing about the Philadelphia Eagles or about whatever else is going on in the world that ain't not, got nothing to do with their game the upcoming week, it came back to bite them in the ass. That's what we saw yesterday. And they deserve all of the slings and arrows that they're going to get this week going into the Christmas Eve game against the Eagles. What was the best comeback of the NFL weekend after watching the way the Raiders beat the Patriots? You go on down the list. What's the worst way you've seen a sporting event, event end? Be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation, the Dr. Pepper call in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It isn't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Now, you mentioned this time of year, CC and Man, it, look, crazy things happen during the holiday season. Oh, no You doubt. played for a long oh, no time. Doubt. Thanksgiving week, Christmas week. Before I tell you this story about a drive with an NFL Hall of Famer from Foxborough after calling a Patriots game over to Bristol, Connecticut on Route 6, <coughs> you played. What is it like? Take people behind the scenes. What's it like? 
for a player during a holiday week if you have a family. Now, you just got married. You're one of the smart guys. There you go. <laughs> but you, you saw a lot of teammates having to deal with a lot of stuff going on Thanksgiving week and Christmas week because, trust me, folks, this sums up a lot of insanity when you wear that. You see every single year in the league talking about close games that you wouldn't think would be close, upsets, comebacks, everything else. Take us behind the scenes during a holiday week in the National Football League as a player. Well, Ian, players with families are thinking about everything except football because you've got family members and friends flying into town. You got to get people to and from the airport. You got to make sure that you got the grocery shopping checked off. You got to make sure that you have the accommodations made for your family members or your friends, whether they're staying at your house or they're staying in a hotel. And trust me, the latter is probably more ideal because you don't want friends and family staying at the house with you because friends and family don't think you have a real job to start with. You play a kid's game for a living. So they don't understand that you got to watch film. They don't understand why you can't hang out, why you can't go to the clubs and all of those other things. Then on top of that, the biggest pressure comes from finding the right gift for all of your loved ones, including your wife, baby mama, all of that other stuff. So I wasn't married. I didn't have a girlfriend, like, but a lot of my teammates did. And watching them go through all kinds of hell just to get through the holiday season, it was a damn miracle that some of my teams <laughs> didn't have more meltdowns than we did. I'm but I will say this, man. it's a lot going on in the world of players when the holiday season hits. If you're wondering how did the Bears hang with the Eagles, what in the hell were the Chiefs going to OT for with the Texans, right? I mean, we can go on. How did the Vikings come back down 33? We give you one name, Santa Claus. That's how. <laughs> I'm driving from, from Foxborough to Bristol after calling a game in, in, with the Patriots. I can't remember who they were playing. It was, it was around this time of year. And we're driving down Route 6. And I'm, I, I asked Bill Polian, hey, you know, the Hall of Famer, I mean, how in it? We're going over the scores and whatnot. I said, how in the hell did this team beat this team? It was like it was insanity, kind of like what we saw this weekend. And get ready, you think this weekend was nuts? Get ready for Christmas weekend, actual Christmas weekend. When you look at a number, going, why is that team only favored by three? One name, Santa Claus, because Polian looked at me and CC. He was driving. He goes, turn your phone off. I'm about to teach you something about the National Football League because the holidays stink. He didn't use the word stink, right? And he's, and that's what he gets into. Man, Thanksgiving week is brutal. As a GM, as a coaching staff, you're telling your team, man, forget picking up the family from the airport. Send a car. We'll get a car for you. I mean, whatever. Ignore. Don't go to the grocery store 15 times. He said during, during Christmas week, if I hear about any of you standing on your feet at a mall with your kids, if you're not wearing 18, that's when he was with the Colts, 18, obviously being Peyton Manning, yep. you're cut. We're going to go. I will cut you. Get off <laughs> your feet. Get home. And because he says the holiday season in the NFL is where the craziest things happen. Playoff spots are lost. Playoff spots are won. He also said you don't want to be home for the holidays. You want to be on the road during the holidays. Because you were not dealing – look at you pointing at me right now. <laughs> You're not dealing with everything that you just brought up. And I said, give me a story about something that you had to go through. He said they'd lost during Christmas week to whomever, right? And he gets home. He was supposed to pick up, like, some whipping cream to make a – you know, his wife's going to make a pie. Or, and he's in a, <laughs> You can only imagine how angry he is. Mm-hmm. Again, holiday season. Crazy things happen. He gets home. 
His beautiful bride says, hey, I'm sorry about the loss. He put those as keys down. He's like, God, we had it. Wife looks and goes, oh, hey, uh, did you get the whipping cream? <laughs> Face turns Irish red, right? Uh-huh. Grabs his keys. Out, going out the door, he says, you know the problem with this family? Too much Christmas and not enough bleeping football. I'm going to get the cream. Bam, <laughs> out the door. That sums up holiday season and insane things going on when it comes to the outcome of football games. Bottom line, end of conversation. As we are presented by Progressive Insurance, he's Chris Canty. I'm in for Chris Carlin. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. Coming up next, a former GM tries to explain everything that just happened around the league when you return here on ESPN Radio. Football season is heating up, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props, so sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Did you come away from Bill's Dolphins on Saturday night with a different perspective on Tua Tungavaloa? With Chris Canty, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. In for Chris Carlin here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Joining us right now to weigh in on that and a whole lot more with an, just an a insane weekend around the National Football League. He's here every single Monday this time. Our good friend Mike Tannenbaum returns here to Canty and Carlin. And, Mike T., thanks for the time as always. Um, and go ahead and answer that question. Looking at the way the Dolphins went up to, to Buffalo against one of the most complete teams in the league in those conditions and almost found a way to win, keyword almost, do, uh, do you think people, including yourself, have a different perspective about Tua? Yeah, great to be with you guys. Uh, yeah, 
Tua played really well. You know, they had taken on some water on their West Coast trip, uh, San Francisco and the Chargers, but he played really good, uh, had a lot of poise. I thought downfield accuracy, you know, hit some deep shots to both Hill and Waddle. I thought the one to Hill um, in particular was good guys because he kind of looked the safety off. So that was a really strong outing for Tua despite losing the game. Mike T, yesterday in Chicago, we saw the Eagles put together another performance that got him to win. Not necessarily Jalen Hurts' best game, but the quarterback on the other side, Justin Fields, he had a day, and his team was more competitive than many others gave him credit for going into yesterday's matchup. Dan Orlovsky this morning on Get Up was prompted to say off of yesterday's game that if Ryan Poles is good at his job, their Bears will be Super Bowl contenders in 2024. Do you agree with that statement? Well, uh, I'm still defrosting. I called the game in Chicago yesterday with Steve Levy, and no one's ever accused me of being tough. And uh, I was freezing, and we were exposed to the elements. So um, I I got to see uh, Justin Fields up front. I'll tell you what, his ceiling is extremely high. I really understand where Dan's coming from. Now, with that said, there were a couple of throws, like specifically behind the line of scrimmage guys, where he just missed wide open throws, like, in the dirt. So I was as excited as anybody by his, that play he made when Hassan Reddick had him around the neck in the backfield and he stepped out at the nine. He's probably the only player on the planet right now that can make that play. So I'm really excited about him. He does have to refine some of the nuances of his ability to throw the ball consistently, but I would bet on him for sure. But where they really need to start is up front. And Ryan Poles is a former offensive lineman from Boston college. Um, so he knows what a good offensive lineman looks like. If they do that, they will be a greatly improved team. Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL GM, uh, looking back on a, a remarkable weekend around the National Football League here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. For Chris Canty, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons in for Chris Carlin. Trevor Lawrence, same draft class, goes 27-42, 318 yards, four touchdowns, had the pick and a bad fumble. So if you were redrafting that 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 draft class from the quarterback position last year, Lawrence, Fields, Lance, Wilson, Mac Jones, how would you take them? I I would go Lawrence, then Fields for sure. Probably, you know, Mac Jones, although he, guys, like he's taking a step back. I mean, you know, I I wouldn't have interest in Zach Wilson. Um, You know, he's just been too inconsistent for me. Trey Lance is a great of incomplete. So um, the the one that's really hard for me is Mac Jones. I thought he had a really good rookie year, and I thought he was ascending. He's gone backwards, and uh, regardless of why that is, um, I'm not sure. But there's you know, probably Trevor Lawrence and Fields and then draw a pretty big line after that. Talking with ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum on Canty and Carlin. And, Mike, you said you wouldn't touch Zach Wilson. He's just been too inconsistent for you. Yesterday, ESPN's beat reporter for the Jets, Rich Semini, tweeted out, the Zach Wilson reset has turned into a rerun. Where did the Jets go in terms of how they handled their second overall pick from a year ago? Well, you play Mike White. He, you know, we're in the win business, and he gives you the best chance to win. And candidly, I don't think it's really that close. Um, and then from there, you can get to the off season and, and see what happens. You know, we already talked about Trey Lance. I think the 49ers will keep him and probably Brock Purdy. Um, but there'll be a number of teams that could use a quarterback. And I would probably listen on, on Zach Wilson. You know, I just I look at his body of work, and I think we kind of know what he is. And if I'm the Jets, I'm moving forward with Mike White. Go back to your your the whole Mac Jones thing because he doesn't have an OC. 
I mean, you got a de- defensive coordinator, special teams coach, you know, that, that are coaching him up on that side of the ball. And that goes to Bill Belichick. He's the one that made that decision. So how much of this is on the coaching staff and the game plan and maybe the lack of coaching he's getting or how much compared to what is on Mac Jones? Hey, hey, Chris, if you're working with Fitzy all week, this is like reference number one of 400,000 of how great SEC football is and all things <laughs> SEC football players. It can never, ever be their fault. So just rinse and repeat, copy and paste. So I, I didn't even hear the rest of the question. I just know it can't be Mac Jones's fault. So whatever, whatever the question is, that's the answer. <laughs> no, it's a very fair point. But I will say this. I actually think New England uh, – Skill players are somewhat underrated. Tyquan Thornton, I think, is going to be really good. Second-round pick out of Baylor. Devontae Parker's played good football. Um, two good tight ends. You know, John o. Smith's ball security has been a question. But Ramondre Stevenson's come on, guys. And um, I think the offensive line's really been the problem, as well as, obviously, some of the challenges with the play calling. Yeah, Mike G, last one for me. The final play of that Patriots-Raiders game was just bizarre. I mean, who is that on? Is it on the players to have better situational awareness or is it on the coaching staff to have better preparedness in those situations? Yeah, that's a tough one, Chris, because I have had the good fortune of working for Coach Belichick twice, and he his attention to detail is you know justifiably legendary. Like He goes over every situation, every technique, and to me, if you can't reach the end zone in a tie game with your quarterback, you might as well just take a knee because – Basically, you know, nothing good comes out of it. So um, I was surprised when you look back at it. You know, Mac Jones couldn't get there. So, you know, it's not like you're in a situation where you're behind. So taking a knee to me would have been the more sensible way to go. Watch out, Canty, because you ever end up at a a blackjack table with Mike T, watch your chips. (laughs) That's what I'm just saying. (laughs) Mike, you're the best. I resemble that comment. Mike, you're the best, man. We'll talk to you soon. If not before Christmas, have a, have a great, great holiday. Yeah, you too, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Really Thanks, appreciate Mike. it. Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on, uh, on Canty and Collins. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. That's some coin uh, that you can save with Progressive Insurance. He's Chris Canty. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons in for Chris Collins. When you return, we'll let you know about two of the NFL's worst teams in the last decade that are making a playoff push and can both get in? It's coming up when you return right here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? 
Here's the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars make the playoffs this year. You talk about a Christmas gift for both fan bases. With Chris Canty, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons in for Chris Carlin. Here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers by saying play ESPN Radio. Canty, begin with the Detroit Lions. I love me some Dan Campbell. I mean, I can play for that guy any day of the week, especially on a Sunday. And they have won six of their last seven. They are now in the playoff hunt. And I said last week with Freddie Coleman, my normal show that I'm on here on ESPN Radio, I said there's too much traffic ahead of the Lions for them to make the playoffs this year, but they are going to be a team next year to be reckoned with. Well, I'm a football fool because right now they have put themselves in a playoff hunt. What do you see when you watch the Lions right now? Well, I see a quarterback that's playing with a lot of confidence. I mean, we talked about how great Trevor Lawrence has been since week nine. But Jared Goff is right on his heels. Since week nine, the only quarterback that has a better touchdown-to-interception ratio than Goff is Trevor Lawrence. And so, to me, when you have a quarterback that's playing with the kind of confidence that Jared Goff has shown, it permeates through the entire team. Jared Goff is top five in QBR since week nine. To me, this is not a coincidence that you see this team going on this winning streak. It's just a product of their quarterback playing really good football. And as a result, the team playing with that much more confidence. All you got to do is listen to what Dan Campbell has had to say about his team overall. They're playing with more confidence because they're finding ways to win these close ballgames. And as you continue to to do that, confidence begets more confidence. I always say it. Confidence comes from demonstrated performance. This team has shown itself that they can beat quality football teams, and that's only going to work to their benefit as they move through the stretch in these final three games. For the Detroit Lions, the playoffs started in week nine. And they've, they've approached every game with that kind of urgency, and it shows because all of the breaks in the game, Ian, have seemed to go Detroit's way over the last seven ball games. And some of those they're creating <clears> themselves. <throat> that Detroit defense that in the first six, seven weeks of the season we were laughing at, they have forced a turnover in 13 consecutive games. Hello. The Lions. Right? I mean, the Detroit Lions. Let that sink in. That is the longest streak in the league. The Detroit Lions have forced a turnover in 13 consecutive games, giving that offense an extra possession. And they've gone, in my opinion, CC, from thinking they can win to believing they can win to now knowing they can win those close games. Like, for instance, fourth and inches, game on the line. Everybody thinks that they're going to run the football, right? Yep. No. They go ahead and have a beautiful designed tight end throwback to Brock Wright. He houses it. Touchdown, Dan Campbell, head coach of Alliance, asked about that particular play call. Here's what he said. We just felt like the way we run the ball and the situation we were in, it would be there as long as he sold it. And he's a pretty disciplined player. He always has been, so we figured he would be pretty open. And, uh, and it worked out that way. It's about getting through the trash, which he did. And uh, golf gave him a good ball. He makes a play, and then he did the rest. I mean, you know. He did the rest. He turned it up. He runs pretty good once he gets his hips upfield. CC, we were talking on a pre-show. Describe that play call. Well, I mean, here's the beauty of what it is. First of all, it's expressing the utmost confidence in your quarterback that he's going to make good decisions with the ball. But when you have a situation like that, fourth and inches, everybody on defense is selling out to stop the run because the New York Jets can win the game right in that moment. If they get that stop and get the ball back, they can salt that game away. They can run the clock out. There's nothing that the Detroit Lions can do about it. So from the defense's perspective, 
They're thinking we got to get a stop. Short yardage situation, a team that runs as well as the Lions, for sure they're going to give it to Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift, right? It's going to one of those guys. Maybe Amon Ross St. Brown on a jet sweep. You know they're going to keep the ball on the ground. But what happens is when the tight end down blocks, the linebackers on the second level see that direct read. When that tight end down blocks, they're playing the run. They're getting to their gaps. They're fitting it up because they believe it's going to be a run. And in short yardage, you got to get there even quicker. But when that tight end comes off of that down block and sneaks off across the formation, there's nobody there to pick him up. And that's exactly what happened on that play. It's one of those situations where it's no particular player's fault. It's just a great play call and even better execution. So, to me, that's not on anybody on the Jets. That's not on um, the defensive coaching staff. That's just an offense making a great play. we got to give credit to those guys on the other side. They get paid to do a job, too. Remarkable. And the Jags are only one game out in their division for their lead. Crazy. Lions and Jags might make the playoffs. This is ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.